Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Could you fund deals that are in the two million pound mark with only £60,000 of your own money? Now, if you do 25% of, you know, say two million, for example, that's a lot more than that. So how on earth could you only have about 60 grand and still work on deals that are multi-million pound? Well, Gareth from Shojin Partners is going to tell you how. And actually, we don't uh, talk about this till the, the end, unfortunately, but fortunately, you should be listening to all of it. Uh, so have a listen to it, visit their website, check them out. Uh, there are what sounds like some pretty awesome financing opportunities to be had there. Um, and let me know what you think, because I think this is a very interesting way of financing your deals and could it go, could allow you to go from, you know, one buy to let to a big land development pretty quickly. Check it out, y'all. Remember, if you want an introduction to some bridges that I use and to a broker that I use or to an insurance broker, uh, awesome sources in Wales that I trust, not ones that I've worked with my first deal on, but the ones I'm working on my second deal with, just to be clear, let me know and I'll hook y'all up. Gareth, welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Hi, Tej. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me. No problem. I think I saw you talk on a panel at a networking event. I think it was... It was a while ago, actually, and it was quite interesting. And the whole panel was kind of crowdfunders, P2P lenders, and I think there was a, a traditional broker there. So before we get into what, you know, the company you work for does, tell me about perhaps the background of the company, what they're called, um, and then also maybe a little bit about the founders. Yeah, no, sure. Um, so the company is called Shojin Property Partners. Uh, and we get asked quite often, oh, what, what does the name Shojin actually mean? Um, and it was created by our, our CEO. Uh, it's actually a Buddhist term. It means the pursuit of excellence through hard work and perseverance. So we thought that fit quite well. <laughs> uh, so we used it. Um, but if, also, if you look that up online, uh, it's also a vegetarian dish out in Asia. So we're not a vegetarian dish. We're actually a property investment company. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, so my, my background, again, I, I've been in marketing for the last 12 years, uh, both digital, uh, online and offline, um, and I've worked for the likes of you know, American Express, MoneyGram, uh, Blackstone, and then more recently moved to, to Shojin to help them with their online marketing. Um, my, my, my background, again, I've been passionate about property, uh, which is why I wanted to get into it. Uh, but I think, again, more importantly, the, the founders uh, come from a property and an investment background. So for one, the CEO uh, is Jason Ondia. He's a, an investment banker, uh, worked at UBS for 17 years um, and, and kind of put deals together. Um, and then the other CEO, uh, Sandy Puri, is a qualified QS uh, who worked for Red Row Homes in Sorowumpi. He has over 24 years' experience. Um, he was friends since university. And uh, they were sitting down together one night and they were like, Well, you know what developers need? We always need money. And Jason was like, Well, you know what investors need is we always need good projects to put our money into. 
And they thought, hang on, we should, we should start a company, uh, which, which is what they did. So in 2009, they formed Shojin um, and, and started kind of taking three and four bedroom uh, ex-local council properties and converting them into student accommodation in zone one uh, and built up a, an eight million pound property portfolio. And from there, it's grown and grown and grown. Um, and yeah, we, we, they did our, uh, our first property investment opportunity to actual investors in, in St. George Wood, so just close to, to Abbey Road, um, where they were able to give kind of 37% return to investors. Um, and investors loved that return. <laughs> and they said, well, let's do that again. Uh, so we've done that a few times and we've, we've developed or we've worked with developers and, and built out uh, kind of 13 investment opportunities. Um, and we've just grown from strength to strength. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, so if you had to summarize what Shojin Partners does right now in like, let's say two lines, what would you say it is? So in two lines, we are making property investments accessible uh, to anyone, anywhere, anytime. Uh, and for a developer, it's more about saying, why use your money when you can use investors? Mm -hmm. And so is it a crowdfunding or is it P2P or what's, what would it be classed as? Yeah, so the license is a crowdfunding license, uh, but we do P2P as well which enables us to do both equity and debt. Um, so, again, uh, for, for anyone listening here, the, the debt side of things, you know, is, is again, it's a fixed return, uh, fixed um, time frame, whereas the equity is more of a profit share. And I think a lot of developers struggle with the equity portion. Um, they, people can get stretched senior, you know, bridge loans, mezzanine loans. Um, there, there's quite a few providers in the market. Uh, but when it comes to equity, not a lot of developers want to tie their money up into a project. They'd rather have it working for them. And I think this is where we come in and, and help them out. Uh, you know, there. So, you know, if I was a, I had a deal, um, how do I know that you would fund it? Like, what are your minimum requirements? Does it you know, have to be something like uh, building from land? Or like, how do I know I can work with you? Yeah, no, fine. I mean, we, we encourage anyone to just provide us with the actual project themselves. Um, we don't see ourselves as a service provider. We see ourselves as a partner. Um, so what we'll do is we will look at your deal and have a conversation with you. Um, and we'll ask you, we'll, we'll basically, we'll, we'll analyze your deal on your figures. If they are suitable to us, um, we will then issue um, indicative terms. Um, if you accept the terms, then we will then obviously go through on a full DD process. Um, and we'll point out it, um, kind of things like, you know, your costs, your, your GDP values, your, um, you know, maybe, maybe there might be something that you've not looked at or found. And it's more of a conversation. Um, we want the deal to work as much as you do. So we won't slap out reject it, but it's working with you to try and see how we can both get the deal over the line and with as much profit uh, as possible for both investors, developers, and for Shojin. Okay. And then, you know, a question I guess I always have for P2P lenders and, and crowdfunders is, you know, your rates can be more expensive than bridging. Um, your process is probably a lot easier and you're, you're probably a bit better to deal with. 
But why would I, as a developer, come to you instead of going to a bridger? Yeah, good question. Um, so again, we, we deal with a variety of uh, developers. Uh, some developers have their own bridging uh, in place. Uh, some have mezzanine loans in place as well, and we just provide the equity. And some developers just go, well, we'd actually just like to deal with a one-stop shop. So we've got senior funding uh, sorted out. Can you support with uh, a bit of bridge and some equity? Um, with the bridge uh, and um, mezzanine funding, um, obviously there are, there are fees that go there, and it all varies and depends on the project itself. Um, it's all based on the security, the risk, the locations, the size of the project. Um, so we're, we're not a cookie cutter. It's not a one-size-fits-all. We, we do try and work with you to, to make the, the project work. And then again, on the equity side of things, we, we don't charge any fees there. It's more of a profit share. Um, so we take our profit at the back end um, once the project is actually profitable and completed. Um, so again, there wouldn't be any any worry there to the developer. So I mean, let, I know I know real rates are going to vary from deal to deal, and, and there's lots of factors that affect it. But let, let's say you know, on average, I don't know, a bridger, including their entry fee and that sort of stuff, you know, you're probably lending money at about ten to twelve percent a year as a, an investor. You're, so you're borrowing it at ten to twelve percent a year. How do your rates, in numerical terms, like differ or are similar to that? Yeah, I mean, we we, we try to stay as competitive as possible. Um, uh, as I said, we, we want the deal to work. Um, our rates do fluctuate between, between on the, the projects. Um, as I say, it's a really it's a cracking deal, you know, and uh, we can maybe put a bit of equity on or kind of loosen the, um, the senior lending a little bit. Then, you know, the, there's negotiation with uh, the fixed or the, the fees. But... Um, it, it, it's hard to say what they are specifically. They are within that range, you know, between ten and twelve percent. Um, so, but again, it, it's all just deal specific. Um, my recommendation would be just to have a chat with us first. You know, they might be less, uh, they might be more. Um, again, because we are good at structuring deals, we might say you might need to borrow less on the mezzanine side, but we can put more onto the equity side, which then becomes more affordable for the developer. Um, so we've got that flexibility where we can move between both the equity and the debt, which I don't think other bridge and mes lenders have. Yeah, and and on that actually, you know, if I had a deal, you know, is there a kind of preferred way that you would like us to structure it, like for you? Like how how should we structure a deal for you? And then also, how do you assess it to sort of see if you would lend on it? Yeah, um, so we don't need the kind of the minutiae detail when you first present it. We just need the quick rough uh, estimate overview, you know, GDV costs, um, you know, time frame, you know, just the, the, the general things, the address, um, just to have a quick uh, synopsis and do rough figures on it. Um, we'll obviously do our own figures uh, and see whether your costs match our costs. Um, and if they do, then, you know, great. If not, we'll just go back to query it. Uh, again, sometimes working with modular building developers, they're able to build at a lot cheaper rate than, you know, the traditional builders. Um, so we'll have that conversation before just, you know, either accepting or rejecting it. Um, then once we've 
kind of had the conversation, we go back and we say, yes, that's that's fine. We um, would like to go ahead. Please provide us then with the detailed analysis. Then we'll go into more detail, you know, kind of, you know, um, potential contamination reports, you know, uh, history of sites, you know, kind of excavations, anything like that. We'll then start to really look under the hood of the project. Um, and again, some of our senior lenders and other bridge and mezzanine providers actually appreciate that because because we're an equity provider, we, we have to do more due diligence on a project than they would because our money is at a first loss. So when we're uncovering all of these things, it's sometimes very good for the uh, developer to, 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 to see. And uh, sometimes they, they weren't aware that X needed to be done or Y needed to be done or that, you know, X costs so much. Um, and, and we help unravel those there when we're analyzing the deal. So potentially saving them, you know, money at the later stage going, what well, was feasible, but now knowing what I know now, this deal is not feasible anymore. I'm not going to pursue it. Okay. And, you know, I guess on average, and also maybe what would be the quickest time, how long does it often take, normally take you to get from initial application, so that really rough figures, to money in my account? Yeah. Um, so, as I said, the, the initial application and the first conversations that we have should take, you know, just about a week. Um, and then once from start to finish, um, it should take anywhere between six to 12 weeks. Um, and that's full DD, full, um, you know, legal heads of terms, everything's all done and agreed. Um, that is the full length process. Um, but again, we can give, you know, kind of, um, uh, kind of acceptance in principle uh, between one and three weeks. Okay. So I think that's something for the listeners like to factor in, you know, when you're working with a bridger, you know, I've, I've you know, some of them do it in four days, some do 15, some do like two weeks. One thing to consider with crowdfunding and P2P is, and I think this is a common sort of time frame you've given from others I've spoken to is that it can take slightly longer. So, it, you know, people just be prepared for that um, and maybe not have it as a last sort of resort because it, it could take longer just because of the natural process right now i guess you know bearing that in mind and also the fact that you know there's there's other crowdfunders there's there's loads of bridges loads of mortgage lenders why should someone apart from the awesome name why should someone use you <laughs> um yeah i mean so again we, we try to position ourselves as there to help the developer uh, as much as possible um it, there's been a number of occasions where developers have brought us projects and i've seen this is amazing, you know, we're all going to get rich, it's brilliant. We go through the, we go through the numbers and we actually we pick, pick up something that they wouldn't have found. So we see ourselves more as a partner um, with, with the, our developers. Um, the other thing that it kind of sets us apart is that we are FCA regulated. So in 2017, we got our uh, FCA regulated license. Um, which is which is again very good to have. Again, you're not able to raise money online without having a regulated license, um, other than high net worth, sophisticated core or network um, surrounding you. Um, I think as well, what also that's unique is that we co-invest our own money into the project as well. So our money is at a first loss alongside the developers as well. So. 
our interests are aligned. You know, we want the deal to work as much as you do. Um, unlike other providers, you know, if you, you delay or you default and stuff, that we're just going to charge extra fees and late fees and this. We're showing, you know, we're in it together. You know, it's a partnership. Um, uh, and then again, we, we, we kind of, we're, we're at a very exciting time in the company. We're looking to grow quite extensively. Um, we are, so we're opening up branches uh, in out in Asia, out in Africa, the Middle East. We're going to, uh, we're going to India as well. So we're, we're tapping into a large, a larger database of investors now, um, which is which is great, and there's there's huge appetite for it. Um, uh, secondly, we've got this um, kind of a secondary market that we are looking at creating. So for our investors, they might invest into a particular development that we might have on we might have on our platform. They might decide that they want to take their money out after six months. They are able to do that then through this uh, through the secondary platform. Um, and I've I've kind of kept the the, the best for last. Um, we've worked with a company as well to do the first ever property tokenization of a development project. Um, so. What that means is, um, and I'm sure everyone knows about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and Ethereum and stuff like that. We've created asset-backed tokens on the exchange where people can use cryptocurrency to buy an asset-backed token into a property investment project. Um, and this is currently being fundraised at the moment uh, through cryptocurrency. Wow, that's pretty interesting. What what made you? Because obviously, you know, crypto is something that it's been in the news, in and out of the news, up and down. No one seems to know what's you know going on. Lots of speculation, lots of stuff. What made you, I guess, go down this route? Yes. Um. So it, it was something that we were looking at for a while, but it's always been on the back burner. Um. It's nervous. It wasn't something that we'd focused on until we were actually. We were in discussions with uh, another company. So again, we were working with a company called Smart Names, um, and they are a convey. Um, it's, it's a blockchain type company, uh, and they specialize in, in kind of building tokenized assets. Uh, and it was working with them to actually launch one of our projects. Now we all know cryptocurrency, as you mentioned, goes up and down, and with fluctuations, you know, Bitcoin price drops. Um, a lot of them are utility tokens, which basically means the value is just based on the hype that's created. Um, whereas something like this is an asset-backed token. So, for instance, you would exchange one token for one pound, and it would be a one-pound investment into a property, uh, which is backed. Um, so if anything goes wrong, we would obviously fire sell the asset and you would get your tokens out, which you could then convert into actual um, currency. Uh, so yeah, it was just it was an opportunity. We believe it's, it makes it easier for investors from around the world to kind of you know, get into a tokenized approach, look at it, getting investing. And again, it's just uh, you know staying ahead of the times. And you know, if technology is moving this way, then it's an opportunity to look into. Um, so we're exploring that now at the moment um, with our property development in Nottingham. Hmm, very interesting. Cool. And my last question is, do you have any interesting case studies that maybe were really big or really challenging or really easy or, or anything that you think the listeners would uh, 
would find interesting? Yes, we've got. I'll, I'll talk to two, if that's all right. So the the first, yeah, the first one again was this Nottingham project. Um, it, it, it's a five-story uh, student development um, block, 120 units in Nottingham. Um, we raised over 700,000 in three weeks, which was great, with a GDV of 12 million. Um, and and the, the return that we were able to give back to investors was around 15% annualized. So we funded that with the developer, and the developer built it out. Once it had been completed, it was then fully let for the academic year. What we decided to then do was we then purchased 40% of that development back from the developer to release equity for, for him. Uh, and we did that through raising 1.27 uh, million um, to, to have that purchase. We're now running that project as a three-year buy and hold. Um, so our investors will then have both capital appreciation and an income. So it's a quarterly income that's paid out. Um, with, a, with a targeted return of around 16% annualized. Um, and, and, and again, that, that's for the second year running now that a, a student accommodation block has been fully let for the academic year. Um, so it's, it's great uh, in terms of the developer. He's also stayed in, but he's also got 40% of his equity released uh, to go and build another project, which is a project that we're working with him now on in Leicester. So same developer great relationship. He's gone on to a Leicester. Um, the old Leicester City football ground, he's, he's purchased that. We are, yeah, <laughs> we, we are building a 695 bedroom, P, uh, bed, sorry, PRS scheme. So, so it's a 371 apartments uh, and one commercial unit. Um, the GV on that project is 66. Um, so not, not a small chunk. <laughs> 66 um, million. 66 million. I can't yes. even write that. That's so, so many zeros. <laughs> and how, how much did he buy the land for? How much did he buy the stadium for? Do you know? Um, I don't know at this stage. Off the top of my head, I'm not too sure. Um, he's we're going to have a chance to do that. Yes. So we're going in on the first tranche to help buying the land as well as, as I say, it's in planning at the moment. So we, our first chance, we're, we're basically raising 1.35 million um, for phase one. Um, and then at a later stage, we'll be raising um, a further 6.6 .6 million uh, throughout the rest of the year. Um, and the, you know, the idea is with that, we will work with the developer to then sell that unit out to a pension or an insurance uh, provider where they'll buy out the entire block. Uh, that, that project, excitingly, that launched on our platform yesterday. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's very exciting, very big project uh, that we're working with at the moment. And, you know, on a project like that, because I think people listening, that's the kind of project we'd all love to do, how much money is the developer himself, herself, putting in? Yep, so... Good question. Um, so again, I'm, I'm not going to work on 66 million because that's probably blowing most people's minds. Um, and this is what I, I like about Shojin is the flexibility that we have. Um, so I'll, I'll put it down into, say, for instance, you have a project 
with a million pound total cost. That, that includes fees, that includes lawyers, that includes bill costs. So we work on a million pounds just to keep the numbers easy. Um, you would probably go to a bank and get senior lending, uh, your, your cheap money, uh, and they'd probably lend up to between 60 and 70% on that. So you as the developer would probably then need to put in between 30 and 40%. Now, and that could be up to 300 to 400,000. So now working with, working with Shojin, that 300,000, we put in 90% of that. Okay. And as the developer, you would only put in 10% of the equity. Okay. So if you do total costs, you would only put in then 3% of total costs or 30% of the equity. So if we use that million pound example, on a million pound development, you would put in 30,000 pounds. Now that's just on an equity project. So you can see, you, you can see the leverage that it has working with the cloud provider. Um, and again, with that as an equity investment, Again, you know, there's no fees associated with that as an equity. It's a profit share. Um, we're working with you. However, you know, if you wanted to do a mixture of debt and equity, so a bit of uh, mezzanine and things like that, that would then obviously adjust it. There would obviously be some fixed term retur uh, fixed returns, um, kind of admin fees and stuff like that. So it would then change. But again, that is the premise of um, you know how we structure most of the deals. Wow. And then, so with that, doesn't that mean that a lot of the risk isn't with, you know, me as the developer, a lot of the risk is with you and the other lenders. How are you, as Shojin, comfortable taking so much of that risk away from me? Yeah, yeah. Um, Usually we don't have that question from developers. Um, <laughs> they, they, they like that quite a lot. Uh, no, but it, it, it is an important question. Uh, so in terms of the projects that we work with, both with equity and with the debt, uh, we will take a second charge on the property. Um, we want the developer to have some skin in the game, um, which is why, again, that 10% that of the equity or 3% of total cost, um, they, they do need to put that in. Um, in the odd occasion, um, they might have to put a personal guarantee. Um, so, like, for instance, with this Leicester project, going through planning now, the developer has put a personal guarantee that they would get planning uh, on the, the investment while we are raising the funds uh, through our investor network. Um, the other thing we also have is, because we're coming from a property background ourselves, we know the property market and how to develop projects. We also have the option to have step-in rights should a project go wrong or go south. Now, obviously, we never want to do that. We don't. Um, we want to work with the developer. It's your project. But in the event that we're saving the project and potentially saving the developer, we will step in. Um, and, and try and save the project for our investors. Mm, that's very interesting. So for anyone listening who thinks, you know, million pound, multi-million pound GDVs or costs are unobtainable because of the finance, 
I think Gareth has kind of provided you all with a potential way that you could put in quite a small amount of money. Um, so if anyone's thinking of the developments, you know, if you have a couple of buy to lets or a HMO and you're thinking, oh, you know, that's 25 cent deposit, that's difficult enough as it is, you know, you, you could be putting in the same kind of money on a much bigger land, you know, development, commercial conversion, whatever it is, with a platform like Shoujin. So it's very interesting um, how that structure works. So if anyone wants to get a hold of you or, you know, kind of uh, find out more, what should they do? Yeah, I mean, the best thing to do would be to go onto our website. Um, if you're a developer and you want to submit projects, we have a developer section. Um, you can get in contact with our team. Uh, as I say, the numbers and the email on the website. Um, if you're an investor and you're wanting to invest, um, we are only able to show our debt or fixed return investments on the homepage just due to our FCA regulated license. Uh, anything that is um, more risky is you'd have to register, become a member, and then only then would you be able to see those those projects. So my, my recommendation is go online uh, at www.shojin, S-H-O-J-I-N, co.uk. Amazing. Gareth, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.